morning. My name is Neil France. I'm an elder here at Sunlight. It is such a privilege to speak on a day when the youth are leading the service. I, I wanted Gavin or Micah to speak again, but they didn't want to. But I don't think there's anything more encouraging to me in my faith than to see high school, middle school kids up on front sharing what they're learning and how they're growing in their Christian faith. That's maybe why I teach high school. But um, I, it's just super encouraging to me. So thank you. Thanks for doing that today. We truly appreciate it. <clears throat> today we're going to finish our series on battling unbelief by looking at the sin of impatience. Um, we know the idea of this series has been to look at specific sins and to see how God wants to use his word to change our thinking as we battle these sins in our lives. Last week's service, uh, I was out shaking hands with people as they left, and, and uh, one gentleman caught me by surprise, and he said, who's lied to you the most in your life? And I said, Satan, Satan, I cheated. It's not a person, right? He said, uh, no, I, I think it's yourself. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, right? We lie to ourselves. We, that's the problem. We don't believe God's truth, and that's the reason we're doing this sermon series is to realize that our thinking has to be totally influenced by God's word and what he's trying to teach us. Uh, so today as we start, I want you to look at a familiar verse on the screen. Um, Galatians 5, 22 through 23 should be popping up there. And what I want you to do, well, let me read it first. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So as you look at these verses, I want you to do two things for me. A little self-assessment here, okay? I want you to... Pick the one thing that you think of those fruits of the Spirit that you exhibit the most. And then I want you to pick the one that you feel like you might need the most work on. Okay? Can you do that right now? Do, 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 do. You watch Jeopardy? James lost, so I don't watch it as much, but you guys ready? Okay, question for you. The one that you're worst at, how many of you pick patience? Yeah, me too. I'm glad. There's not as many as I thought, but that's good. That's me. So your question should be, why are you preaching about it then? Well, you know what? God says when we're weak, then we're strong, right? I need this sermon more than anybody else sitting here probably. So as, as I preach today, this was supposed to be Johnny McCoy's uh, sermon because he's a way more patient than I am and he, he, he's better at it. But uh, he's doing a lot of other things for the church. Uh, he went to Momentum, and so he's, he's busy. So as we look at this topic today, um, I hope that there's a few things that we can learn about it. I actually got to apply this message this week already. That's how bad I am at it, right? <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity to get into your word and to just Look at your word and see how it affects our lives and how we need to be affected by it. And I just pray that uh, as I speak today, it wouldn't be me, it would be your spirit that is taking your word and changing people's hearts and minds as they listen. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So the definition of patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering. I wish it ended there. It doesn't. It's the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, sub, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Darn. 
That's where I struggle, right? Uh, so how's impatience a battle against unbelief? Impatience can come in a variety of forms. It can be uh, the slow driver in front of you, you know, going 50 and a 55. Who does that? Or it can be the frustration with uh, a handicap, a disease, a circumstance that's crushed maybe some of your life dreams. But whatever area you're impatient, it tempts us in two different directions, depending partly on your personality and also on your circumstances. Number one, it can t- tempt us to give up or bail out. Something gets hard in life, whether it's our job or a relationship, a tough situation, impatience just says, you know, uh, it's not worth it. Just, just leave. Or two, it can tempt us to make a rash counter move against something that's in our way, right? It's kind of what I do a lot of times when I'm driving. I don't know about you. Um, short term, maybe it's passing in an unsafe passing, uh, no passing zone, or maybe long term, it's making a decision that's the easiest at the time, but not the smartest. So the, the battle against impatience is not a personality issue, it's a faith issue. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Therefore, it has to be manifested in our lives. People should see it. And if they aren't seeing it, it means our faith is small. It's a faith issue. The battle against impatience is real, and the chief weapon always against battles in our lives is God's Word. So today, as we look at patience, we want to look at two main areas in our lives that we should show patience and what God's Word says about them. So let's start with number one. The number one area that we should show patience in is with people, right? Ephesians 4, 1 and 2 says, you can look that up. There's three verses. We're just, for time's sake, we're only going to look at the first verse on that, first pair of verses on that list today. Ephesians 4, 1 and 2 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Great concept, doesn't it? Sounds like a great concept to me. We all know we should be patient with people, but it's, it's just so hard, isn't it? I mean, you, you don't know, yeah. Give me a name, yeah. It's annoying people, right? You don't know how hard it is to work with people like Bill Church, you know? I mean, it's just those annoying people that you have to be with all the time it's, it's very difficult, and God has to give me those patience. Uh, but, you know, the first attribute of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says love is patient. It's a fruit of God's spirit, as we've already seen. Its opposite is impatience. That's a fruit of selfishness. And selfishness is simply an ugly, accurate description of my fallen, deprived nature which wants all of creation to serve me. Selfishness is the arch enemy of love. Love is patience because patience is dying to self. It is the belief that in this dying, we will find greater joy in the joy of others. You know, my mind thinks of things mathematically, so as I was thinking about this concept of patience today, of course, as a math teacher, it brought me to the transitive property of equality. You guys remember the transitive property of equality? No, are you kidding me? You guys don't love math? Huh? That was the one, if A equals B, Kent Bowen, yeah, he knows it, yeah. A equals B, B equals C, then A equals C, right? So if you have two things that are equal, then they have to be equal to each other, is the basic concept, right? So I'm thinking, well, if patience equals love, 
And love equals they'll know we are Christians by, right? Then it reasons to follow, they will know we are Christians by our patience, right? So being patient with people is a huge way to show God's love. It's how we demonstrate that we're different from the world. There's no logical way we should be patient in situations, but we are. When people see that, when I see that in people, I see that in people, I'm thinking they must be a believer because there's no way they could be patient through all that's happening to them right now. Um, That is huge. That's how we show that God's spirit is working in us. I think we all have uh, triggers, maybe, for getting angry. You know, I think, I know I do. Uh, My trigger... I'm a teacher, um, so if you want to do something just to make me mad really quickly, just if I tell you to do something that's pretty basic, just say no. Just say no, I'm not doing that, right to my face. There's not much that makes me more mad than that. So uh, I, this happens a lot, right? Cell phone, cell phone goes off in my class. <clears throat> just walk over, you're gonna, need, you're gonna need to give me that cell phone. Nope, not giving it to you. <clears throat> so what's my response, right? I can respond one of two ways, because I'm going to get the phone somewhere. <laughs> I, I am, right? It's going to, it's going to, I'm going to get it. So I can either, like, and I've done both of these, trust me, embarrass the person in front of the class, disrespect them, uh, take it from them, and make them feel really bad, or I can politely ask them again if they still say no, ask them to leave the room, and I, I'll still get the phone, trust me. Because if I don't, the person's going to the office and my principal will give them a lot worse than I'm going to give them. I don't know if he's here today, but that's the truth. All right? So I have a choice. We have a choice. Are we going to react in a way that's God-honoring? Are we going to be impatient with people? Uh, The verse also says, bearing with one another in love. Bearing is an attitude toward another expressed in an outward behavior. You know what? That, that's the, the stuff that people do that it's not sin. It just kind of bugs us, right? We all have that. We all have those things that we have to stay calm. There's nothing wrong here except that it's kind of annoying to me. And act in a way that is pleasing to God. And that doesn't mean just what we say. It's our nonverbals, right? We communicate a lot of different ways. And so we have to be able, this, you know, this week you're going to have a chance to show patience with someone. Your mind's going to be racing about all the things you have to do. Um, you'll see someone else maybe you'd rather talk to. You'll be annoyed by a person's habit, and you have a choice. Will God's love throw through you, flow through you as you patiently go through this conversation, or will your impatience raise its ugly head again? Patience with people is hard, and you need God's help daily to do it. That's why there's many verses on this, on this passage in Scripture, including in your notes, that we won't go over all those today, but I would encourage you to, to look those up and let those, God's Word speak to you this week. The second way that we need to exhibit patience is through suffering. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. James 5, 10, and 11, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You know, it's one thing to have those temporary annoyances 
where we're just impatient with people, but it's quite a different thing to be in difficult circumstances, maybe suffering physically, feeling you have a prayer that God hasn't answered for a long time. Um, that's a little more difficult. However, it's clear uh, in the New Testament that the New Testament Christians experienced suffering and it wasn't something that they, it was something they expected. They knew, and it's, as you read the New Testament, you, you see countless examples of this. One of them is in Hebrews 10, 32 through 36, where um, speaking to the Jews, it says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have, you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. These were relatively new Christians who were having... People come in and steal their property. They were getting put in prison, and they still had a great attitude. They joyfully endured this persecution, even as their faith began. That's crazy. You know, um, for some reason in America, we have trouble with that, right? I mean, suffering is essential part of the Christian life. We should know that, but when it happens to us, it's a little more difficult, right? It is hard. It's a hard thing. But we have to understand that doesn't mean we're sinning. That doesn't mean we've done something wrong. That means God is going to be working through that. And patience, unfortunately, for some of us, including me, is one of the things we have to learn. Jesus wants to increase our faith during those times. Patient endurance is used many times in the Bible. Impatient people are weak and dependent upon external circumstances for things to go right, for them to make it through. Patience demands tremendous inner strength. For Christians, that strength only comes from God. God working through us because we're letting his spirit active, be active in us daily as we focus on him. This is not an easy task, and it'll probably, we'll probably fail at it sometimes. Uh, the truth is, the more truths of God's word that we know, including the one where Paul says, whatever circumstances I am in, I can be content because I know he loves me and he has my best interest at heart. Patience with people and patience with suffering can happen. It's loving God enough to say thank you, even when things are difficult. It's having confidence that God has my best interest at heart and it is knowing my patience is helping another believer grow in his or her own faith. I don't know how many times I've seen that happen. Someone's going through a really difficult time and I'm highly encouraged after I come talk to them. I go to encourage them, but they encourage me because their faith is so deep in our Lord. You truly, you really can't grow deep in your faith and your walk with God and be an impatient person. Yeah, we're all gonna screw up, but we have to understand that about ourselves. Some of us are more prone to that than others. So as we close today, I want to give you two ways you can apply this sermon. First of all, if the Holy Spirit's already speaking to you and you have your own way, that's way more important than anything I say, right? But here's two things I want you to think about. Um, the first one, I, I, I remember this quote in one of the books I'd read before, one of the 27 books I read on my sabbatical, I, I remember this quote. Um, oh, if you don't get that, that's, that's what he did on his sabbatical. 
You know, we, we welcome back John Mueller, but we only welcome back like half of him. I don't know where he left the other half at. <laughs> and then, you know, probably somewhere where he was reading one of those books, but uh, he obviously used it wisely. Um, but the book I read talked about this quote, which says, we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. We must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. If you're someone who's maybe not the most patient person, I want you to take that with you today. Because an unhur- unhurried is not just a speed, it's an attitude. Hurry's a symptom of an exaggerated self-importance and trying to do too much. It steals us from the precious moment at hand. We lose our perspective that now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. When we're unhurried, we're able to heed the word of God and be still and know that he is God. So when you feel yourself going too fast this week, remember, I must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from my life. Ruthless. I don't know about that adjective. Any of you ever been called ruthless? That's not you. It's hurry, right? That's what I'm trying to do this week. Secondly, well, before I get to the second one, I just finished writing this sermon on Wednesday. And on Thursday, I took a trip to see my dad. It was an hour and a half away. I probably wasn't in the car more than 20, 25 minutes. And you know what happened? One of those trucks pulled out in the passing lane going about 60, right? And I'm trying to go around going about 70 because that's the speed limit. I never speed. So why are you laughing? And, And all of a sudden, I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh. I must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from my life. Um, My dad's going to be there, right? He wants me to be there. He doesn't want me to kill myself. Um, There's no reason for me to hurry. It's just, you know, it's just who I am. No, it's not who I am. God's got to make me into something different than that. Secondly, second application that I find that's helped me a lot in the last about five years Observe a Sabbath once a week. In the New Testament, the Sabbath was Saturday. For me, the Sabbath, the day, it doesn't have, it could be any day. For me, the easiest day to observe it is Sunday because I come to church every Sunday, and that's different from every other day of the week, so it's probably the easiest. But what does that mean, observe a Sabbath? Well, for me, I decided a few years ago I wasn't going to do any work on Sunday. Now, what do you mean by work, work that I get paid for? Okay, I know. You <laughs> parents are going like, yeah, right, I got kids that are... I'm not supposed to do any work? No, no, no. Um, Like my job, my actual job. Because I'd come to church five or six years ago, especially in January and November and December, and uh, I'd be thinking about, uh, okay, what am I going to do in practice on Monday? I got to watch, and then I'd go home and I'd watch two or three tapes on teams, and then I'd write a scouting report, and then... I'd get to bed at a decent time because I was doing that all Sunday afternoon. And I was convicted by a Christian college coach about this concept, and so I started it. And I decided to make Sunday a day that I didn't do basically any basketball um, and tried to focus more on rest and what God wanted me to do. Now, I don't try to be super legalistic about it. Um, There's been a few... Sundays, I've done a few things for school because I was out of town the whole week or something. But for the most part, I really try to just set aside a day and treat it as different, you know. 
If you find mowing the yard refreshing and it's something that recharges you, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. It's not, it's not my Sabbath. It's your Sabbath if you choose to do it. But I think it's a good way to slow down, to help yourself focus on God for a day, and to rest. If God needed to rest on day seven, I, I mean, we probably do too, right? And recharge ourselves. So as I finish today, I just want you to think about how are you going to be more patient this week? And what is the Holy Spirit um, teaching you?